0: Yet also times where we sit, we cannot violate these norms. You cannot sit around doing nothing with your life and expect things to go well. On the other hand, you cannot work twenty four hours a day and not expect your life to fall apart. We have to live the way that God wants us to, and not just in issues of family, a marriage, and human beings but also when it comes to living on this world, or in this world, to living on planet Earth. God has placed us here for this time in this manner, and we must be wise in how we live our lives, in every facet. What I'm speaking on today is what is called, the theologians and others, the creation mandate. The creation mandate, the charge, the mandate that God gave to Adam and Eve that we have read to you here out of verse 28 and how we are to live our lives. Creation mandate, according to William Edgar, professor at Westminster Seminary, defines it this way. He said it is the ongoing charge of humanity or to humanity and the power and blessing of God to be fruitful, multiply, multiply, fill the earth and to gently subdue and cultivate the earth he goes on he summarizes this mandate by saying the creation mandate was given to adam and eve within the narrative of the original creation alongside the prohibition against the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil humanity was blessed with god's presence told to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and gently subdue and cultivate the earth. Although sin and separation from God followed closely on the heels of this original charge, a creation mandate has been reiterated to the people of God throughout Scripture. A final and ultimate reiteration of this mandate is the Great Commission which Jesus gave to His disciples before His ascension. Therefore, The creation mandate is ongoing and is not in competition with worshiping God. Christians are to care for this world even as we hope in the second coming of Christ. So even as we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth, we are to also realize that God has given us this earth in which to live The order our lives on. Now, the reason we follow this mandate, the reason we do anything, is because of the opening words of Scripture. In the beginning, God. If there is no God, if there was no God, if God is not real, then everything that I have just said, everything I've said over the summer, everything I've said for the last ten years is a waste of time. It's moot. It doesn't matter there is no God, then we must go ahead and eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we're going to die and that's all there is to it. But the fact is, there is a God. And God has created man and woman. God has blessed man and woman. God has said to man and woman, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion over the fish and the birds and everything on earth. God gave to mankind a dominion that continues from the time of Adam until this very day. We as creatures made in the image of God must be faithful to live and order our lives the way that God has created us to live. And so we think about this and we notice, first of all, that this creation mandate is given through the blessing of God given through the blessing of God. Now, a lot of this we've already talked about, so I'll try to hurry, but no guarantees, all right? Don't take me word for it. You all know that by now. So, <laughs> When we talk about this already, even last week we talked about God blessing the Sabbath day, but here we are again, noticing that God has placed His blessing upon the man and the woman. Verse 28, and God blessed them. God blessed Adam and Eve when He had created them. And He said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea. Philip Little defines blessing this way. He says essentially, blessing is God-giving power to something or somebody to do which they were created or intended to do. The creatures were supposed to fill the earth and multiply. So, so God gave them His blessing. He gave them the power to do it. Human beings were also supposed to multiply numerically, but also to take care of the rest of creation. And God gave them the power to do that as well. When it comes to Sabbath, God imbues it with His power to be all that it was designed to be, a holy day of rest connected to God. Blessing is God granting the power to do what He wants and intends us to do. That's so important to remember. How we live our life, living our life here on this earth when we order our lives God's way, it does lead to His blessing. And I'm not just talking about financial prosperity. You know, I'm going to live God's way and have lots of money but it talks about God's overall blessing, His plan to bring shalom and peace in the world. It leads to prosperity. It leads to flourishing. It leads to betterment in our lives, in our world, in our society. We have to understand that God has blessed men and women with incredible capacity to care for creation, to cultivate the earth, to advance knowledge in science and technology. And we use that capacity for His glory. We use that capacity for the furthering of His kingdom and His glory. Our lives can be incredibly enriched and edified. Went on vacation this summer and went to Daytona Beach. It's amazing to go to the Kennedy Space Center and to think that all of us are walking around with computers in our pockets that are more powerful than these first rocket ships that go in the outer space. At least those of you that have iPhones, if you have an Android, good luck. <laughs> but you think about the power that is there, that is inherent. You think about the world in, in which we live in. The technology, the advancement that we have that enables us to live a, a comfortable, meaningful life. God has blessed us in incredible ways, but we also realize The ultimate meaning of the blessing of God, the ultimate purpose of God blessing our lives is in fact to bring glory to Him. God gives us the power to do what He calls us or what we have and what He has called us to do because He wants us to give glory to Him as we live our lives day by day. Whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, or whatever Paul said, do it, for the glory of God God has blessed us with incredible capacity it's a, it's amazing I was just listening to a, a missions conference the videos the YouTube videos that were online posted there after the conference and, and these guys were talking about how in missions even a hundred and 150 years ago when you felt a call to be a missionary you would hug your family and you would say goodbye to them and you would leave knowing that you would probably never see them again now God has blessed us and in less than a day we can drop a missionary off at JFK airport and within 24 hours they can be halfway around the world Amazing to think that I can leave here in New York and go to Cairo, Egypt. Twelve hours of flying time. I wish there wasn't a five-hour layover, but what do you do? That's an amazing amazing thing to think about and consider. God has blessed us. How dare we just only consider? I'll use my private space plane to fly to my private island so I can sit on a beach all day and not use it for the furthering of the kingdom of God. This is what I mean when we say God has blessed our lives. And what we have, we are to use for His glory. For the good of our fellow man. man. And so we see the creation mandate was given by the blessing of God. And then we see, secondly, the creation mandate entails being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth won't spend a lot of time again as we talked about this as well, but the plan of God, part of the creation, mandate is for people to have children. Continue the propagation of the human race in the manner and fashion in which God has created us to do. God said to Adam and Eve, verse 28, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I looked up. Book that was written 1968. Most of you, some of you may remember it. It's called The Population Bomb. Book that made international ways for doom day prediction. First uh, entry, whatever I want to say on my DuckDuckGo search engine. I don't know what you say, Google stuff, but whatever. The first entry was from Wikipedia and it said this, this was a best-selling book written by Stanford University Paul professor Paul Ehrlich and his wife Anne Ehrlich. In 1968, it predicted worldwide famine in the 1970s and 80s due to overpopulation as well as other major societal upheavals and advocated immediate action to limit population growth. If you don't remember the book or if you would never heard of it, it was a book that carried, like I said, a lot of prominence. Propelled early to be on Johnny Carson for an entire hour. The first guy that Carson had had on of that kind of a scientist, professor, whoever, not just an actor or comedian or some kind of other celebrity. He honestly thought the world was going to come to an end due to a lack of food production, even though at that time the world's population was only 3.8. Billion people. Here we are approaching 8 billion people, and dare I say, the problem is most of us, it's not a lack of food, but probably a little bit too much, isn't it? Say, man, or oh me. <laughs> The fact is, human ingenuity and creativity has helped feed the population that we have today. People are living longer, are living healthier, and have much more than they did even in the early 70s. 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago, it would have been impossible to think people would be as old as they are, and yet God has blessed us. Why is that? Because God's mandate, His command is to have children. His desire is that the human race continue to multiply and fill the earth and far be it from those who are doomsday critics that are saying that we're all going to die because of too many people. The fact of the matter is the more people have been on the earth, the more we have risen to meet the challenges that are there. In fact, Charles Murray, Charles, Smithson or Charles Maurice, I should say. Texas A&M University studied the history of natural resources over 10,000 years. They found that temporary scarcities and natural resources are the norm. They also found that the same temporary scarcity always led to an improved substitute. In fact, what they say is that the Greeks' transition from the Bronze Age to the Iron Age 3,000 years ago was forced by a shortage of 10. They say the rise of coal followed timber shortages in 16th century Britain. The shortage of well oil, well as in fish, in 1850 led directly to the first oil well in 1859. The lesson, the lesson is this, human ingenuity has always been successful in overcoming crises that once seemed inevitable. Why is that? Because God's mandate was for us to fill the earth to fill the earth with people that would bring glory and honor to his name and that's why we as a church believe strongly in children we believe strongly in the sanctity of life because God has given us life and it is precious and sacred children matter because they matter to God that's why Jesus said Matthew 18, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, not like a Pharisee, not like a scribe, not like a teacher, not like a religious zealot, but like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Greatest in the kingdom of heaven is just like these little children. Verse 5, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck. He drowned in the depths of the sea. We know the curse, the fall of man sometimes has led. Disease to poverty. Inability to have children. But we also know the mandate of God is going on. God's desires for us to fill the earth with people that would declare, praise, and bring glory to His name. So God blessed Adam and Eve. He sent them out to multiply, fill the earth. Then number three, the creation mandate entails having dominion. Dominion over the earth. The blessing of God upon Adam and Eve God go out, multiply, and fill the earth, God also gave them another charge. Another charge. Again, in verse 28, be fruitful, multiply. We've talked about that. He blessed them. But He also said, subdue the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God's purpose in creating man was that He should rule over the animal world. Here this injunction is repeated. to find more precisely. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every living creature that is on earth. Because man is created in the image of God. He is king over nature. He rules the world on God's behalf. This, of course, is no license for unbridled exploitation and subjugation of nature. Ancient Oriental kings are expected to be devoted to the welfare of their subjects, especially the poorest and weakest ones in society. upholding divine principles of law and justice, rulers promoted peace and prosperity for all their subjects. Similarly, mankind here is commissioned to rule nature as a benevolent king, acting as God's representative over them, and therefore treating them in the same way as God who created them. You see, far from being people that are enslaved to their environment, who can only do certain amount of things because to do any more would cause damage to the environment, we as Christians should rule over our environment in a way that is wise, in a way that is godly, in a way... Though that leads to human flourishing and productivity. Bible is clear man should not be a person who subjects animals to cruelty. Proverbs twelve ten Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast. The mercy of the wicked is cruel far from being people who abuse and exploit the environment. Christians, those who are seeking to fulfill the mandate of God given in creation, understand that we are to be stewards of the earth. That this is the place that God has given us to live. It should be a shame when we as Christians give little care for our world, for our environment, for our culture, our nature are willing to go and exploit and trash and desecrate everything. It's not the way that God has created us as human beings. Genesis 2 verse 15 tells us that God took Adam. He put him in the garden to work it, to keep it. God gave Adam a job as we talked about two weeks ago and that is to work the ground, to toil the ground, to till the ground. To bring forth life from the ground. Psalm 115 tells us that the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. Genesis 2.5, we're told that there was no one, no one around to work the ground. Thus the work of exercising dominion begins with tilling the ground from this. We see that God's use of the words subdue and dominion do not give us permission to run roughshod over any part of creation. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We are to act as if we ourselves had the same relationship of love with His creatures that God does. Subduing the earth includes harnessing its various resources as well as protecting them. Dominion over all living creatures is not a license to abuse them, but a contract from God to care for them. We are to serve the best interests of all those whose lives touch ours, whether it's our employers, customers, colleagues. Fellow workers and those who work for us are who we meet even casually. This does not mean that we allow people to run over us, but it does mean that we will not allow our self-interest, our self-esteem, or our self-aggrandizement to give us a license to run over others. You see, this is the way that God calls us to live. The point is this, as Christians... We do not disparage the use of the resources of the earth that promote human flourishing and well-being. But at the same time, we do denounce those who seek to exploit the same resources without any regard for the environment and human life. While we seek the welfare and flourishing of humanity, we also understand that exploitation Of other human beings or the environment for our own greed and gain is sinful in the front in the eyes of God. And this is where, this is where the argument falls off the rails so quickly, doesn't it, in our political world? We have environmentalists who want to see the population of the earth diminish greatly, who want to stop all and any development of anything that promotes human flourishing. And yet they fail to think through the impact of their own decisions. We laugh at them because they fly over to Davos, Switzerland, every single one in their own private jet to tell us we should stop flying on a commercial plane. I think, what in the world are we doing? They decry the use of fossil fuels tell us all to get electric vehicles but they don't explain where all the electricity is going to come to power them all how much exploitation of the world's lithium resources do we have to power all of these vehicles on the other hand we have apparel manufacturers, sneaker manufacturers who go and pay people slave wages or worse exploiting Those individuals exploiting that nation's natural resources to make a pair of tennis shoes for about $2 and to sell them to us for hundreds of dollars, all in the name of capitalism and gain and greed. Something is wrong there. Something is off balance. As Christians, we have to think differently all about this about all of this. We understand that God has given us precious resources in the earth to use for our good and the advancement of our kingdom. And yet we understand to advance these things, to look for newer and better renewable energy resources is, is part of God's flourishing in humanity. And God gives you the skill and the ability and the wisdom to figure this out trust me I'm all about it tell me I can pay less for gas in my car we must use the resources that God has given us to flourish humanity and not to exploit either the environment or especially another human being we often talk about these wars in the Middle East as simply being wars for oil and I don't know, I can't speak of it all, but, but it does make you wonder, doesn't it? We must, as Christians, think differently. You know, so many states have fish and wildlife management units and they do great jobs in caring for the resources that are there understanding how many deer are harvested in a year and raising or lowering the number of tags that are available for you to hunt deer, it's a way of great, great way of understanding and implying dominion over the earth. Setting creel limits and length limits on fish helps us to manage these resources and to understand, again, how much fish is available. See, my challenge to you is this. Remember, remember the words of Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's, a the fullness era of the world and those who dwell therein. For God has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Old song says, "This is my father's world." We are here as stewards, as caretakers of the earth that God has given us. So may. Says these words, O Lord our Lord, how majestic, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babies and infants. You have established strength because of your foes. The Steal the enemy and the avenger. And look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? You care for him. That's what we sang about this morning. How great thou art when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the world your hand has made. When I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce, scarce can take it in. Verse 5 You have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings, you have crowned him. This is David, speaking of mankind, you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic, how majestic is your name. God has blessed us as humans. He's encouraged us to multiply, fill the earth, have dominion over the land, the animals. This mandate has continued on since creation. And it will continue until the day when He comes again. And the earth is renewed into the new heavens and the new earth. But I do want to add what most scholars applied to this mandate, which I've already mentioned at the beginning. And that is this New Testament addendum. This New Testament addendum to the creation mandate. You see, with the onset, the Gospel being proclaimed in its fullness, the onset of Christ coming and finishing His work and sending the Holy Spirit in the church forming. God has given us an extra step Step is Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Again, as we consider what we should do to live in, to prosper, to thrive in this world, we should recognize that God has not just put us in here to make a better world, but He has put us here so that we might make His name known among the nations. Yes, that's great that you are a teacher and you're here to teach children how to do math and read and write and all this other stuff, but you're also here to tell those kids that Jesus loves them and He died for their sins. It's great that you can work on cars and and God bless you, more power to you. I think I know where to put the gas in my car and that's about it. But but you're not just here to simply work on cars. You're here to tell your customers Jesus loves you and died for your sin. To help the poor single mother who's struggling to get by and fixing her car. The widow, the orphan, fix their car and make it better, make it go and not charge them and to tell them, hey, I want you to know about a God who loves you and gave His Son to die for you. Whether it's in an office, warehouse, wherever it is, God has called you to shine His light where you are. So why do you work? Why do you work the way you do? Why do you work as hard as you do? Why do you try to do as good a job as you do? I do it because God has given me a mandate. A mandate to make this world a better place, but also a mandate to let you know that Jesus loves you. Well, like I said, maybe... Maybe God blesses you with your own Gulfstream aircraft. Make sure you pay your tithes. You don't just use it to take advantage and to fly down to the ocean or the beach or wherever you're going to go. Use it if God blesses you in such a way to, to get a missionary to their destination and to take goods, to take resources. That's why here in a few weeks we'll be mentioning more about Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse as we prepare to get ready for that. And if you're new here, we've been packing shoeboxes for years as a church and trying to help them out, but I realize God has blessed us in such great ways. Maybe it's just because our kids are at an age, but I'm telling you, it's getting harder to find stuff for them to buy for Christmas. For some reason, Cameron doesn't want the latest Tickle Me Elmo doll. You know what he wants? He wants cash and more of it. So if you want to give him some, feel free to. God has blessed us in such great ways and we're by no means wealthy. Surely we can give a little bit to help someone who is in need. Surely we can give a little bit because that's what God has given it for, not just for us to have what we want, but also to share His name. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, this is the first step. This is the first step, knowing Him, coming to a personal relationship with Him. Asking Him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. That's the reason you are here today. So that you might know Christ and the reason we have the lights on, air conditioning on, the sound system on. I'm sorry if you're too cold or too hot. We can't win, so do the best we can. We do this so that you might know Christ, accept Him today. If you're here and you're as a Christian, you're, you know Christ, think about how you live your life. Think about what you're doing. Think about how you're ordering and caring for the creation that God has given you. Before you throw that McDonald's wrapper out into the sidewalk, think about, am I caring for the world? Is it too much to place a water bottle into a recycling container? But most of all, realize God has put you here to share the love of Christ with somebody. And do that. Feel the mandate He has given us today. And Let's pray together this morning, shall we? Worship team come? Lord, You are an amazing and an awesome God. You have given us these lives. Lord, there are people in this church that are so creative with their hands. They can look at a piece of garment and a spool of thread and they can make masterpieces out of it people that can look at a pile of wood or a pile of metal and and make awesome, glorious things. People that can stare at a computer screen and can do amazing gifts, amazing things with it. People that get excited about 30 kids in their classroom. People like me would shriek in fear. God, you've given us these gifts, these abilities to use them for your kingdom, for your glory. Make a difference in this world, to make this world a better place. Also to share the light of Christ. Help us to do that, I pray. Help us, God, not just to get caught up in political diatribes or screaming or yelling help us to be wise stewards of our money our homes our land, our property Be wise stewards of our days and our times make a difference in the world the place that you have given us to we pray Lord we are your representatives we are your ambassadors let us representatives of this great and awesome God. Yes, this in Jesus'